You're listening to the Tigers Den Podcast. New episodes dropping every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Central Time, available to stream across all platforms. Also, be sure to check out Play Callers. New episodes dropping every Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. Central Time, available to stream across all platforms. Hello and welcome back to the Tigers Den. I know it's been a while, you know, took a little Christmas break off to, you know, enjoy opening some presents, celebrating, you know, Christ's birthday and then enjoying the New Year's as well. But we're going to get into it. There is a lot to cover on today's episode. First and foremost, national championship. It all comes down to this. It's happening tonight whenever y'all are listening to it. But as we're recording this, it's happening tomorrow. We're going to talk about everything to do with that game. Also, the NFL going into the wild card next week. We're going to talk about some of the best matchups and who we think could make a run to the Super Bowl. And also, there were some upsets, including one that made all of us happy Uh not really an upset, but kind of a blowout, historic blowout, in fact, that made all of us happy. All that and more today on the Tigers Den. But let's go and get started, as we always do, with your boy Reese Kinder and the Weekend Rundown. Reese, go ahead and run down the weekend for them. This is the Weekend Rundown. All right, how's it going, everybody? You know, uh, playoff clinching this week for the NFL and, you know, a lot of uh, there was a lot of scenarios going into this weekend. There actually yes, is a game, there is a game on right now, so um, that that uh, pays a big factor in the playoffs as well. But you know, there was one big scenario with the NFC South: if the Falcons beat the Saints or the Buccaneers lost to the Panthers, the Falcons would win. Or if the Saints won and the Packers lost, it was it was crazy. The Buccaneers ended up taking the NFC South easily. They won nine nothing, three field goals. <laughs> Three field goals today, so, uh, you know. Yeah. And then... It was a tough day for your boy, you know. Yeah, for the Saints. Uh, talking about the fan... Talking no to the playoffs day? You know, yes, yes. No playoffs yes, for I, Bud? If, if y'all saw Taylor's uh, Instagram account, you'll see that he posted the Saints not making the playoffs, um, you know, just for, what, for, whatever, for whatever reason. But, um, yeah, no, the Saints, you know, didn't make the playoffs, Um it's tough because honestly, I got my hopes up after we beat the Falcons, beat them down actually, uh, maybe a little too much according to Arthur Smith. But you know, and then the Bears. It's it's tough when you're coming to the last week of play, and it's our fault because you know we lost some games that we shouldn't have lost, including a Green Bay Packers loss earlier in the season when we were up by twenty, and they came back to beat us. That one proved crucial today, but um. No, I mean, it's tough when you're coming in the last week of play and you need the Panthers, the Bears, and the Cardinals to get a win. And, you know, that those teams, yeah, you know how their seasons are going. So, But, I mean, it's tough, you know, but I'm excited for next season. You know, I feel like a lot of our wide receiver pieces are looking good. We're going to, obviously, I think we should trade Michael Thomas, uh, try and get something out of him, you know, because he's injury prone. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. Taylor, congratulations on your your Cowboys making it to the playoffs. But um, yeah, so tough day for the Saints. But you know, it is what it is. We move. Yeah, and then another tough day. It's a tough day to be a Jaguars fan too. You know. Oh my gosh. I don't know how they lose to the Titans. Like that's that's uh that's very sad. Right, Speaking Henry, of the Titans, did y'all see that speech that Derrick Henry gave? I think I he's, he's definitely like, thank leaving. you Titans fans for the past eight years. 
So he's so he's officially leaving. Like he's gone. Well, I think he's a free agent, so I think he wants to leave. Yeah, he definitely okay. like nobody wants to. I I don't even know why DeAndre Hopkins wanted to go to the Titans. Like, <laughs> yeah, that made Wait, no sense. I think Derrick Henry will sign with a team that's like contending, contending like like the Chiefs or something like that. Oh, you're or, saying he'll be able to sign like like for this year's playoffs? No, 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 no. 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 Like oh, okay. Year. Okay. He'll be in his uniform next year. Yeah, no, okay. he'll probably he'll probably sign with some somebody like the Chiefs, or he might go. Dude, if he signs with the Chiefs, he could go to the Cowboys. Honestly, that's one I saw earlier in the season because there was a whole saga with him during the trade deadline. Like, oh, is he going to get traded? I heard the Buccaneers being thrown around. The Vikings. I, the Vikings I feel like the Buccaneers now believe in Rashad White. Yeah, and the Rashad Cowboys White believe in had, Pollard too much. Yeah, Rashad White is like he's like young, you know, second year in the NFL this year. I, I think guess that's the Chiefs off. with Pacheco too. So it would be the yeah, Vikings. I, I would say. The Vikings Cowboys. might try to get him because the Vikings don't. I would say the game. Bills or the Dolphins, to be honest. The two teams are playing right now. I know, but what about James Cook, though? James Cook yeah. is he's he's there. I would so, say I mean, definitely the Dolphins more than the Bills. Yeah. If there had yeah. if there had to be a top five for me personally, dude, imagine like A Chain the- and Derrick Henry in the backfield, bro. Dude, that would be and is Moster? I think Moster's gonna go somewhere if he's a free agent. But yeah. either way, uh, Moster needs to Moster needs to come to the Panthers. No, uh, <laughs> no we'll one's going to sign with the Panthers. Wide, y'all need some wide receivers. That's what I'll say. You know, DJ Chart keeps fumbling in the end zone. But the, um, only good one, the only good one or decent one is Adam Thielen because he got he has he's like the uh, third or fourth thirty three year old to get like a I think a hundred plus catches in a season and a thousand got a thousand yards. Yeah, too. yeah. That's wide bad. receiver in the yeah. NFL. That's white guy. But um. No, it sucks for the Jags because you know I saw this saw this thing on a uh, Ghetto Gronk. Which if you don't follow Ghetto Gronk, go follow him on Instagram. Literally the best NFL meme page. But uh, you know, talking about the Jaguars entered the game against the Steelers. They were eight and three, and sit and they like taunted him with the terrible towel on the field and stuff when they were beating him. After that game, they went. I think it was wait. What are they today? They the went, yeah, they went one and five after that, and then you know choked out of the playoffs. So yeah. I remember, I remember us including them in our top ten. I never you know, did. Then, so well, they weren't, they weren't, uh, they they had to have a lot of things happen to make the playoffs. Anyways, they they basically had to have the Colts or Texans tie to make the playoffs. Yeah, which but either way, you know that didn't happen. fan. Yeah, which I mean, there's always next year, but you know, yeah. Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. What was that last throw, man? I saw that last. What, did you see the goal line dive that they called yeah. for him with a hurt yeah, shoulder? They terrible goal line dive. Yeah, I don't know, but no Duval going nope. to play this year. So. I really would wish to see them in the playoffs, but sadly not. But um, you know, a team I'm kind of worried about is honestly the Eagles. Um, yeah, I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the Seahawks. Seahawks could have made the playoffs too. That was uh, that was kind of heartbreaking. Pete Carroll got a little too excited. He got yeah. a little too excited because they, uh, he thought they made the playoffs. Can the, Steelers, can the Steelers still make it? What Steelers are in? Yeah. All right. So yeah, they're. That should be fun to see. Well, actually, I don't know. To make <laughs> no, I think the Steelers are playing the. 
the Chiefs, maybe? They're they're playing whoever the two seed is, so it'll be either the Bills or the Dolphins. Because oh, yeah. the Bills beat the Chiefs, so they'll be right yeah. ahead of them. But the, the Steelers are getting bounced. Well, I think it, I think if the if the Bills like there's some weird scenario where like if the Bills win, then the Steelers move up to six or something and play it dude, they they went into it on NBC for like twenty minutes and it was so confusing. I thought it was I thought it was if uh so, like, if the Bills win, the Bills go up to the two seed, and then the Dolphins go to the six seed, and the Steelers go up to the five seed. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Yeah, because I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's based off head to head, and I think the Steelers have okay, a better. Okay, okay. So I'm looking at it right now. Just going, going seven. We'll go seven to two. It's Steelers at seven with their record is ten and seven. Buffalo Bills at ten and six. Browns at eleven and six after their loss to the Bengals. Texans at ten and seven. Chiefs at eleven and six, and Dolphins at eleven and five. So I think it's if the Bills lose to the Dolphins, they might finish at seventh because the Steelers have some sort. Yeah, of if the Bills lose, they play at the Chiefs, and the Steelers go up to the stick. Mm. Yeah. So I just want to go over like some quick scenarios, like you know, just since the playoffs is starting next week, like. Do y'all think the Texans possibly have a chance to, you know, make a make a little run to the to the I mean, we'll, we'll we'll discuss more of that during prize picks, you know, but I yeah. think I mean, yeah. you know, if CJ Stroud keeps playing like he did against the Colts, I mean, you know. Yeah. That would yeah, that, that was pretty good. I mean, you like, never know what could happen. So That that pass to uh that pass to Nico Collins yeah. was, was insane. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that was that was, that was yeah. actually insane. But uh going away from NFL now, we're gonna go to college basketball. Uh, happened on Saturday. Um, some great matchups. Uh, I think this was mainly the big start of conference play. This was mm-hmm. the uh, the big shebang for it. So you know, um, TCU and Kansas turned out to be a pretty good game. Um, Hunter Dickinson got injured. Uh, I think it was I think it was with a minute to go. He got injured. But yeah, I saw it, somebody got like smacked in the face. Was that Hunter Dickinson? Yeah. Or- Okay. Kind of, yeah. kind of glad he got smacked in the face. <laughs> okay. The refs give him too many, too many calls, you know. But um, yeah, Kansas ended up. I think Kansas hit a buzzer beater against TCU. I'm pretty sure. Or he, or Hunter Dickinson might have made a basket like with a few seconds left to uh to get. Yeah, down. I'm seeing it right now. It says Hunter Dickinson's clutch bucket helps Kansas survive TCU. I mean, yeah. Kansas, you know, with especially with. There's only one undefeated team now in college basketball in Houston. I mean, Houston. you know, we'll see. What, we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah. the Big Twelve is stacked. The Big Twelve is stacked right now. Yeah. Well, Houston did. Houston did play like West Virginia. So I mean, that's yeah. Handled we'll, business, we'll, eighty-nine to fifty-five. Yeah. Jeez. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens when they play like Kansas or Oklahoma or something like that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll but see. then, um, you know. Speaking of undefeated teams, Ole Miss was undefeated before the Tennessee matchup, and then Tennessee just, like, came out of the second half. And I, I remember it was, like, halftime, and uh, I turned it over there just to see um, it, the score, and it was 40-31. to 31. And I was like, okay, Ole Miss, Ole Miss is actually staying in the game. And then I turned it off to watch the rest of the Steelers and Ravens, and then I just saw at the bottom it said, like, 64-40-something, to 40 something, and I was like, Ole Miss is done already. 
Yeah, reason. What's crazy is I did the exact same thing. I clicked away for like a second because they went into halftime. They were only down by like nine, like you said. Yeah, and I clicked back and they were down by twenty. I was like, "What the? What the hell happened?" Like, yeah, I was like, Tennessee, Tennessee uh, just absolutely killed them. So yeah, I still think Ole Miss is a decent team, but you know, Tennessee, Tennessee's a very they they possibly could win the SEC, honestly. I don't know about that, but we'll see. Don't don't say Kentucky's winning the SEC because uh, <laughs> Florida Florida almost uh, speaking of Kentucky, Florida almost beat them, but then somehow um, Aaron Bradshaw hit a uh, hit a three pointer. Yeah, yeah, the center who hadn't 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 made a three pointer like all year. So yeah, you know. But hey, you know Kentucky's going to be just fine. We know this year in yeah. year in and year out. They're gonna be fine. They always, they always like lose. They lose a game they're not supposed to, and then they come out in SEC play, and then all of a sudden, just uh, they end up going insane. Does Auburn play Kentucky? Yes. Oh, yeah, they have to play everybody. I think we don't play. We don't play Tennessee at home. Ooh, we, that's we, gonna be a huge game. That's gonna be huge. Kentucky. We play Kentucky at home, but we don't play oh. Tennessee at home. Oh. Kentucky will probably be game day. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. We don't what? play Ole Miss at home. Or we yes we do never mind. We play Ole Miss after A and M I think. Yeah, we play Ole Miss two times, but we only play Tennessee and Kentucky once. Yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what. Yeah, happens. and then I just want to know what's going on with like Seton Hall. Seton Hall's going insane. Seton Hall went or won seventy eight to seventy five against Marquette. Hey, I they think got Marquette, the new, they got the old St. Peter's coach there, right? So I yeah, mean, maybe I don't know Seton Hall though. I oh dang the Big East has already played four conference games. They yeah. are Seton Hall is three and one in Big East play. Yeah, they're um I think they're no they're not leading because UConn UConn probably has more. But you know Seton Hall I think beat uh, who did they beat the other day? Uh, they beat they, well they beat Marquette on Saturday and then they beat Providence the you know a couple of days before. So let me see. I, mean, I swear they beat UConn. You know a lot of these. It's early on in the college basketball season. Seton Hall is going to be one of those teams that's going to make March Madness as like an eight or seven seed. They did, and, but they're going to be one of those teams. Like you know, they're going to be an eight or eight or seven seed, but they could have the opportunity to either get bounced out in the first round or make it all the way to like the Sweet Sixteen or the Elite Eight. So, I mean, I was, I'm interested to see what they do. I so. was right. Yeah, they did beat. Um, they did beat UConn. Um, they beat them. Wait, yeah, they beat them. Who Seton beat Hall? Yes, they beat them by 15, like, oh, two shoot, weeks later. Going back to NFL, if the Bills win, it's Steelers at Bills and Dolphins at Chiefs. If Dolphins win, it's Bills at Dolphins and Steelers at Chiefs. Yeah. Just, uh, and what I'll say is it's, it's awesome to see the NFL have this much, you know, parity and, like, being this close. Obviously, you know, being a fan who had a team that was going in this close, which is not how I'd prefer it. But, you know, for the entire NFL, like, for watching it, like, watching the NFL today was actually some of, yeah, it was it was some of the most fun uh, I've had watching the NFL this season. So, you know, in yeah. recent years, especially on the last week. Because last year, I remember there was only, like, maybe one or two games that had any meeting in the NFL playoff picture. But this year it was, like, there were so many. So. Well, no, see, like, the I predicted most of these teams, like, I like to predict early in the season what the records will be by the end of the season, and, and I think I got most of these right because, you know, I said the Packers would go 9-8 and eight and make the playoffs, and I ended up getting that one right. So, you know, I mean. It, yeah. I I think I, I had the Steelers. I think I had the Steelers going 10-7 and seven as I well. I couldn't say I, I did the same thing. I mean, on the 
on the ESPN fantasy app, I did uh, there's like a thing where you pick over under like how many wins you think a team's gonna get in the season, and yeah. I got most of them wrong. I'm not gonna lie. So I mean, you know, but. We're at playoff time, so all the teams. I like what uh, D'Amico Ryans, I saw him after the Texans-Colts game, what he said to his team was, uh, all we needed was the opportunity. Now everybody is 0-0. Zero and zero. It's the playoffs, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, if you keep winning and you keep winning keep winning, you can see yourself at the top. So, I mean, that's what's exciting about it. So, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to get back into college basketball, but, um, you know, North Carolina – Clemson played Saturday. We were at B-Dubs watching a little bit of that. Uh, I think we got there at the end of it. Uh, North Carolina ended up taking over those last two or three minutes. Clemson, to me, it just looked like Clemson couldn't find find an open shot. And I think, Taylor, didn't you say, uh, is it DJ Hall? Or Pete, you're talking about PJ Hall? PJ Hall, yeah. He fouled out. He fouled out, yeah. You You said he fouled out. That probably is why Clemson ended up losing the game. Um, because you know he's one of the star players on Clemson, so I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, these teams like North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky. I mean, you know, the blue blood teams. I feel like that this is the part of the season where they play these. You know, I wouldn't say lower conference opponents because you know Clemson was ranked 16th going into that game, but it's just yeah. like you could. We watched that game, and you could tell that North Carolina was just better than them at like you know in terms of size well i mean they out rebounded them by they out rebounded them by a big margin like exactly it was, it was so that's big. what i'm saying i mean like come you know come march we'll see what happens but you know right now i feel like in these type of games it really if the game's close towards the end you know those teams with the bigger guys are going to get it but yeah um and then you know another upset i didn't even realize this was an upset uh at first but cincinnati yeah. At BYU, Cincinnati, I didn't realize it was 12-2. And, two. and uh, you know, first year in the Big 12 basketball. So, I mean, we'll see as the season goes on. You know, like some of these teams that joined from the American Athletic Conference, we'll see how good they are at basketball. I mean, obviously Houston is, but um, BYU, yeah. BYU's all right. Cincinnati, I, I, they've made the tournament a few times before. Um and then who else joined from that conference? I think it was there's UCF. UCF. Yeah, UCF. UCF. I don't think is good at. I mean, I mean, going years. back to my point about the Big Twelve. I mean, they are stacked this year. I mean, you got Houston, obviously, who's fourteen and zero, uh, number three in the country. Obviously, they're going to change the rankings. You know, come Monday or Tuesday. I don't know when they release, but you got Kansas. You got I, Oklahoma. I'd say Houston should be number one. Yeah, I. I mean, we'll get we'll get to that in top ten, but you know, Oklahoma, Baylor, uh, BYU ranked at twelve. Obviously, they got beat by Cincinnati, but then you got Cincinnati, Texas Tech, who I know you're going to get to. They beat Texas, yeah. And then you obviously got Texas TCU. I mean, you know, just a lot of these teams, especially. I think a lot of it has to do with the transfer portal. Now, you know, we don't want to be here all day, so I'm not going to get too deep into it. But I think a lot of these players. Like, for example, in football, you see Malachi Nelson going to Boise State the other day. You know, in college basketball, you see this way more often where you see these, you know, really good players that didn't get a lot of time at a Power 5 school go to the smaller schools or smaller Power 5 schools. Yeah. And it'll pop off. So Yeah. And then, um, you know, Colorado State, we talked about them, I think, last last semester. I don't know what's wrong with them. They are terrible. Yeah, they're 
They just I mean, said the easiest. Just, just fell off the face of the earth, man. And, I mean, it sucks because they were looking so, so good at the beginning of the season. But, and whoever yeah. still considers FAU a contender <laughs> is absolutely uh, dumb. Like, because FAU, FAU beats somebody like Arizona and then comes out and loses to a 7-7 seven and seven Charlotte team. Well, here's the thing. Here's the crazy thing. It's crazy how it works. You know, Colorado State and Florida Atlantic, you know, Colorado State, they got that big win against Creighton, and Florida Atlantic got that big win against Arizona. Everybody was, like, ooing and aahing, but Arizona's lost a lot recently, fell out of the top ten, and Creighton's not even ranked anymore. So those wins are proven to be, eh, a little bit fraudulent. Yeah. If I if I do say so myself. And then, like you said earlier, uh, Texas Tech upset Texas at Texas. You know, that was a – that was kind of a surprise. I, I will expect Texas Tech to be put in the top 25 come, come tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I remember that Texas Tech team that made it all the way all the way to the national championship the year that Auburn made it to the Final Four. And, I mean, you know, great basketball program. Uh, I think their coach has been there for a while, too, which always helps. They made, so, the, tur- but- they made the tournament last year, too, I think, and they ended up making it to the second round. They've, yeah, ma- they've made it, like, six times in the past, like, I think seven or eight years. Yeah, but there were – looking at it now, there were a couple more upsets this weekend, too. Yeah, like Creighton Creighton beat Providence at Creighton. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'll expect Creighton to be put back in, I think, I don't, unless they uh, unless they lost someone they weren't supposed to early in the week. And then, yeah, um, yeah that's, that's going to do it for weekend rundown because uh, – Wait, wait, wait. Can we talk about one more, one more? Yeah. How about them Tigers, them Auburn Tigers going to Arkansas, Bud Walton, and not only beating the snot out of the Razorbacks, but beating them historically. That's the biggest loss ever, ever, like conference, non-conference ever that Arkansas has had in Bud Walton Arena. I mean, Auburn's looking good, y'all. I mean, Auburn's looking good. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I know. We were really scared that they were going to lose. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, but you our know, Chad Baker, Mazzara. Our upcoming like, schedule is uh, it's Texas M, LSU, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, Bama, Mississippi yeah. State. Well, me and me and Taylor will be at that Texas A&M game on Tuesday. So I don't think we'll, I, mean, I don't think we'll lose to Texas A&M after that performance. I sure hope not. I sure hope not. I say so. that and then we lose. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember last year when I went, they uh, yeah, got blown out by A&M. So hopefully. I'm not a bad luck charm, but we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, happens. and then real quick, one last one. What is wrong with Memphis? Memphis played today, so... Uh, I think they won. By three. Yeah. <laughs> to SMU. Uh, to SMU. I mean, yeah. They played I mean, Tulsa, what, Friday night? Or Yeah, they yeah. played Tulsa Friday night and, lo- and almost lost. Well, I mean, it's another one of those, you know, superstar coach teams, you know. I don't want to bring up another team, you know, similar to it, but... Let's talk. Let's just go ahead and bring it up. You know, I think this is similar to Coach Prime at Colorado. You know, Penny Hardaway at Memphis. You know, this superstar coach where he can get his team up. Uh, you know, super hyped for some big games, but when it comes to those smaller games, they underperform. Which they you know? have. And see, yeah, they you're have. seeing that recently. I mean, they barely escaped SMU, barely escaped Tulsa, barely escaped Vanderbilt. Um, you know, but they still have wins over teams like Clemson, teams like A&M, Virginia, you know, beat Virginia by 20, 23. So, you know, Arkansas, but I mean, we'll see. I mean, they will be topsy turvy, but you know, we'll see once they play 
Uh, they actually don't have a tough schedule. I mean, you know, the rest of the season. No, they got uh, they got UTSA, Wichita State, South Florida, Tulane, UAB, Rice, Wichita State, Temple, Tulane, North Texas, SMU, Charlotte. I would say their toughest. Going through the whole schedule. Their toughest opponents probably FAU or FA or like it's FAU at home or FAU away, which is the yeah. last game of the season. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll yeah. see what happens. Tigers. All right, but that's going to do it for Weekend Rundown. All right. Great Weekend Rundown, Reese. And now we're going to get into uh, something. Someone smells up in here. We're going to get to Taylor's trash can. Taylor, go ahead and take it away. Straight from the garbage disposal, this is Taylor's trash can. All right, so welcome back to the best segment on this <laughs> podcast. I know it's been... Um, a very long time, almost a whole month, but since we last recorded on December 10th of last year, when that last episode was released, there has been a team, an NFL team, that has gone 1-3, losing to three teams Ooh. that are not in the playoffs, Ooh. and two of those being six wins or less. Ah. This team was also looking to become a two-seed in the playoffs this season, and get their momentum, you know, going into the playoffs for that matchup. But their star wide receiver, who was at the top of the league in every stat, got his knee destroyed and easily could not play in future weeks. This team is none other than the Dirty Birds from Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles. On the offensive side, their fraudulent quarterback, Jalen Hurts, has thrown five interceptions in the past four games. He hasn't been accurate with the ball at all with incompletions baffling the fans every game and then booing him off the field. This team started out 10-1 and through 11 weeks, and they went, and then they went 1-5 while playing some of the top teams in San Francisco and Dallas. And those games weren't even close. They lost to the Niners 42-19, and personally the best team in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys, 33-13. On the defensive side, this team allowed Drew Locke to torch them on a Monday night football game the last time we uploaded an episode and get a game-winning touchdown to Tyler Lockett. And then they allowed Tyrod Taylor to almost mount an insane comeback in the second half and then Kyler Murray to throw for three touchdowns and 232 yards as the Cardinals beat the Eagles. But don't even get me started on this run defense because it is absolutely tormenting to watch. They allowed Saquon Barkley two touchdowns today and a few in that prior Giants game and Saquon has just been off all season and then they made James Conner look like a top five running back with 100 plus yards and a touchdown with the amount of weapons this team has and the coaching that they have it baffles all NFL fans how bad they have been and now going into a loaded NFC playoff race and having to play a surging Buccaneers team who we just talked about finishing 5-1 and one and clinching that home wildcard game with their stellar defense. If the Eagles win that, then they'll have to more than likely play the two teams that they lost to in the Niners and the Cowboys or the surging Lions. Even if A.J. Brown comes back, I just think this team is a roasting dumpster fire and has absolutely no prayer for the playoffs ahead of them. With the way they're playing... They look worse than any team in the NFL on defense and offense. And now rumors are saying Hurts messed up his finger pretty bad, so he might not even play. Freaking Eagles, they'll lose first round or easily second round. What do you all think about the Eagles? 
Well, I think this is a good pick for a trash can because something stinks. I mean, something smells with this team. I mean, like, you start the season off, like you said, 10-1, and one, and then in your last six games, you have not looked good at all. I mean, not even in their win against the Giants. Like, they, they almost lost that game in a game where, you know, obviously the game today you could say, oh, you know, their starters weren't playing the entire game or something like that. But that game against the Giants at home, you know, you barely win by eight. Uh, there was a missed pass interference call late in that game. And so, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you're the Eagles. I mean, going into it, I mean, we'll break down their upcoming, you know, matchup against Tampa Bay in Tampa. Um, but I don't know if they'll win that, you know. I mean, like, Jalen Hurts doesn't look like himself. And I was actually saying this. Uh, going back to their loss against the Jets, I mean, Jalen Hurts, if you watch that interception where they lost against the Jets, the game ceiling interception that he threw, I mean, it was just, it was not a good pass. Not a good read, not a good pass. And, I mean, I don't know, because Jalen Hurts, he's not a guy that'll wow you with his arm. I mean, we all saw the Hail Mary throw in last year's Super Bowl. I mean, you know, he's not a gunslinger, but, you know, his accuracy is usually what holds him together, and that hasn't even been around recently. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, he's worked him, he's worked himself out of an MVP conversation, and the Eagles have worked themselves out of a, you know, number one overall seed in the NFC. So, but, you know, yeah, I, I, something stinks in the air, and Nick Sirianni, he's got to figure it out. Yeah, really, at like, really. Um, a few weeks ago, I thought the Eagles were possibly Super Bowl contenders when they were ten and one. But like, this is honestly unacceptable. I well, a few weeks think, ago, we all had them at one in our rankings. Exactly. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think the problem is though, like uh, you're playing these weaker teams, and I think like the guys are not getting up for the games, and I think that they just think <laughs> that these teams are just going to be like, oh yeah, we're not going to try against the Eagles because the Eagles are so good, and then they're going to just play however they want. And that's why Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts has thrown like I think so many interceptions in the past few games. It's unreal. Yeah, he's yeah. thrown five. He's thrown five and four games. Yeah, and today, I, today bro looks like Josh two. Allen out there. He's two today, I think. <laughs> yeah, I would I would agree with the take that the Eagles players aren't getting up for big games, and that's why they're losing. Except for the fact that their first two losses in this five out of six game you know losing streak, uh, their first two games were against the 49ers. You know, which was a big primetime game. I just think that's for the one seed, and then at the Cowboys, who's not only your rival but a team that you knew back then was trying to, you know, get to where you were in your division. Now they beat you in that division. So, and they lost to both those teams by twenty plus. So, you know, I just, yeah. I don't know about it. Like I'm, I'm basically doing the shrug emoji right now. I mean, because I don't know this team. You know, uh, with talent, and I'm, I'm worried also because that you know AJ Brown injury. Obviously, he hasn't been playing good recently. But still, is he for sure not going to be playing next week? They don't know yet. They haven't. They they won't announce it for a while. Okay, but yeah, I mean, if he's gone, I mean, you know. You're going to have to rely on Devontae Smith, and then your next best, I guess, is Julio Jones. So, I mean, you you weren't lacking in these losses against the Cardinals and the Giants. You weren't lacking in, in talent, obviously, you know. And I think there's, yeah, there's something up with the coaching, and, you know, we're going we're gonna to see what happens with them in the playoffs. All I'm going to yeah. say is the Eagles are 5-4 and four on the road. Not a very good record, so yeah. we'll see what happens in Tampa Bay. But that's going to do it. 
for Taylor's trash can. And we're going to go to Max talking about the most obvious main matchup pick <laughs> of all time. Yeah. Get your popcorn ready. It's time for Max's main matchup. Yeah, surprise, it's the national championship. Um, you know, tomorrow, obviously, we're going to save our picks for prize picks. But I'm just going to break down the keys to this game. First of all, number two Washington Huskies, you know, undefeated, going up against the number one Michigan Wolverines in the Texans' home stadium, NRG Stadium, tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. When you're listening to that, when you're listening to this, it'll be tonight. But, I mean... Coming in this game, Michigan is currently a five and a half point favorite, as well as a seventy four point three percent chance to win this game, according to ESPN. Um, gosh, guys, this is it, fellas. Like I said in the opening, it comes down to this: the last two teams standing, the only two undefeated teams left. Um, I just hate I, that college football is going to end. What'd you say, Reese? I said I hate college football is going to end now. Yeah, so yeah. Another, I mean, yeah, but on. but what I'll say is for. If there was one game, you know, for the season to go out on, it's got to be this game. I can't wait for this game. I was talking to Taylor at lunch the other day, and I'll keep this brief, but basically what I told him was, if you're a football fan, and I mean a true football fan like we we are, you know, and you, you understand the sport, and more importantly, you love the sport, this is the game for you. It's the best defense in Michigan versus the best offense in Washington. I mean, the schemes on this game, first of all, the game planning that these two teams are cooking up is going to be absolutely insane. But some quick keys to the game for both of these teams. On Michigan, on defense, uh, you need to make Washington's offense one-dimensional. I mean, if Washington is able to run the ball, which I saw some the other day that Dylan Johnson should be able to play but he is getting limited reps going into it, so we'll see how effective he is in the run game. But if they're able to run the ball, then Michael Penix Jr. will literally be able to slice up Michigan secondary with ease. It will be a death by a thousand cuts, basically. But on offense, if you're the Wolverines, you got to be able to run the ball, which I have no doubt about. I mean, they were able to run it against Bama, who had one of the best run defenses coming into the coming into that game. But And you saw how, how much Texas was able to run the ball against Washington. So running the ball is not going to be a problem. But J.J. McCarthy is going to have to be able to not only have his best game, but also his most sound game. Obviously against Bama, in my opinion, I think that Michigan won that game against Bama in spite of J.J. McCarthy. I think there were a couple throws that were way late, way off target. I mean, you saw the first throw of the game, you know, which I keep repeating to everybody, is, I mean, Roman Wilson's wide open. You know, this is a scripted play. Jim Harbaugh scripts his first 10 plays usually to start out the game. Most coaches do. And he just missed the read. And it was almost an interception at the start of the game. So, I mean, he's going to have to, you know, no turnovers. Because you cannot give, you know, Michael Penix Jr. more chances than he's allowed. But, yeah, if a guy's wide open, he better be able to hit him. Because if not, you know, they're going to be giving the Huskies the ball back. And then for the Huskies on defense, you need to be able to keep get to get J.J. McCarthy out of the pocket and make him make these tough throws. Because against Bama, that was, that was Bama's best defense against him, was get him off of his spot. Because if he had time, he was hitting most of his throws. Obviously, you go to the throw at the end towards the end of the game end of regulation to Roman Wilson um, on the boundary to get them into the red zone but you know if you're able to get them out of the pocket I'm sure that he'll possibly make some mistakes but also you need to try and limit 
like I said, the Wolverines will be able to run the ball. I have no doubt about it. But if you're Washington, you need to make it to where Blake Corm's runs are just in little spurts rather than large chunks. And then on offense for the Huskies, even though you are the best offense in the country, Michael Phoenix Jr. needs to understand that this is a defense that is not only disciplined and smart, but they are, by the way, the best defense in all of college football this year. And that being said, he will need to be willing to go down the field slowly rather than just trying to chuck it up downfield to Roma Dunze or Jalen McMullen or Jalen Polk. Um, because that's not going to be available. You know, these this secondary for Michigan might be one of the best I've seen in, you know, the last couple of years. You know, Mike Sanders still. Um, I forget the other guy's name. But this Michigan defense is legit. That's what I'm saying. So, And I know that Jim Harbaugh uh, is going to want to stop Washington from going down the field quickly and then just giving the ball back to Michigan, you know, instantly. So, uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm excited for this game, like I've already said, but we're going to save our win, who we think is going to win for prize picks. But for right now, I just want to hear from y'all too, who y'all think uh, or what the X factors for both teams going into this game is, uh, because this game is surely to be a good one. Um, I'll go ahead and say in the Pac-12, watching you know Oregon games all the time, the Pac-12 plays a lot of zone defense. Michael Penix Jr., one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen reading zone defense. But in the Big Ten, they play man. They man mm-hmm. those quarterbacks up on the top receivers. And Roma Dunze is going to have a hard day going up against Michigan's quarterback one, Mike Sanristel. He has five interceptions on the season, leading the Michigan Wolverines and Will Johnson, two very scouting players. I mean, Washington is not used to man defense. I'm sure they've been watching it in film, but... They haven't gotten a lot of experience against it. They got a little bit against Texas, but Big Ten defense, I don't know if Washington's ready for it. That's all I'm going to say. I That's think, a fair point. I think, uh, honestly, for Washington, I think it's... Yeah, Reese, you still there? Bruh. Brother. My bad, it cut out. <laughs> Sorry. You're good. <laughs> cut out. Just start um, over I, from... For Washington... Yeah. Yeah, I think I think for Washington, I think it just comes down to Michael Penix um, having a good game, finding his open targets. You know, uh, last game, um, last game against Texas had some unreal throws. Uh, his receivers were able to ball, and um, you know, I think for Michigan, it just comes down to having that good defense because. Michigan against Alabama did something that Auburn didn't do against Alabama, which was Michigan rushed four people instead of just, you know, keeping three there. They rushed four, which did end up working for them, and they were able to sack Milrow plenty of times. So if Michigan can do that and keep their defense up, I think uh, I think Michigan wins. I want to I say something for Michigan as well. I forgot. Michigan has to tackle on initial contact with these Washington receivers. Washington – just like Oregon loves to give Michael Penix easy throws, easy screen passes, draw it up, you know, five-yard pass, three-yard pass right down the field. And Roma Dunze, I mean, probably half of his yards are after contact. So Michigan has to be able to get out. They have to be able to lock up these guys, tackle on the initial contact. And if they do that, it, it, they could very easily win. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see, like I said, Whenever this game gets to Washington's offense versus Michigan's defense, I mean, 
that's going to be the best college football you're going to see, like, basically all year. I mean, you know, the players, the future NFL stars, whenever those two sides are playing at the same time, it's just going to be amazing to watch. But like I said, I'm excited to see this game. We're going to pick who we think is going to come out victorious later in prize picks. But that's going to do it for main matchup. And now we're going to get into one of everybody's favorite segments, especially after you know it was recently added in one of our later episodes. Uh, top 10 with your boy Reese Kinder. Who's first, who's last, and who's in between? This is Top 10. All right, today we're just going to do college basketball top 10. Uh, we haven't done sure, that. Sure. I don't think we've done that in a long time. It's been been pretty long time since we've been recorded a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I'll get started with my top ten. I'm gonna go from ten to one. So I'm just gonna get started, and I'm gonna say at number ten, I got Illinois. Illinois played close with Purdue. Um, it was a great game. I think that game was Wednesday or Thursday. But you know, Illinois, I think uh, I think has a chance to. Uh, to make a little run in March, but, you know, I think they could possibly win the Big Ten as well if they can get past Purdue, um, but that's my 10. My 9 is going to surprise y'all. It's it's Duke because Duke has played some uh, – they've played some top – Brother has some bias. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, so they've played some top top 10, top 15 teams in the uh, – they played, like, Baylor a few months ago. I, th- I think it was, like, last month. And then they played, um, they played Arkansas, and uh, they've played a few top ten teams this season. But uh, you know they've lost. I think they've lost two top ten matchups. But still, I think this Duke team has a lot of potential, uh, especially with Kyle Filipowski. I think they still have a chance to win the ACC. Um, we'll see later down the road if they can. Uh, but that's my nine, and then my eight is Oklahoma. Oklahoma is my eight. Um, I know y'all y'all don't agree with that, but I think Oklahoma has a chance. There's a chance they can make a run in the Big 12 tournament if they can get past Kansas and Houston. And um, I think that Oklahoma has probably one of the best three-point shooting teams in college basketball this year. Um, that is my eight. My seven is Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, you know. Well, I- Okay, okay. Tennessee has uh they they have a few top twenty five wins this year. Um and you know they recently just blew out Ole Miss. I think there's a chance they could possibly win the SEC or um go pretty far in the SEC tournament. Um and then my number six is North Carolina. We um watched them at B dubs and you know, North Carolina is no joke. They they have a lot of good potential like RJ Davis, Armando Armando Baycock, um you know, he's been there 80 years, but, you know, still. Um, but, yeah, North Carolina is my six. And then my five is Kentucky, which Max mentioned earlier he thinks could possibly win the SEC, um, which, honestly, I agree. Kentucky could possibly win it as well. Um, Kentucky has a lot of talent, but, you know, we'll have to see because they did recently just play close with Florida. And then my four – I think I've had this team at my four, like, almost every – or, all, like, the last time we did college basketball, I think I had UConn at four. So, I mean, UConn is my four. They really haven't – I mean, they lost to Seton Hall. That That's going to happen. I mean, you're not going to win every game. But I still think UConn could possibly win the Big, Big East pretty easily. 
Um, and then my number three is Kansas. The reason I put Kansas at three is because they uh, that that close game with TCU, and um, I, I still think Kansas is good, but um, you know they kind of worry me a little bit sometimes when they when they play close to a team like TCU. And then my number two is Purdue. Purdue is um, Purdue's been playing great all season. Zach Eady looks looks great. Um, I think me and Max were talking the other day. Um, we were talking about how Purdue possibly could uh, could make it pretty far in March Madness if they have uh, everybody healthy and they don't lose to a 16 seed. Um, and then my number one is the last remaining undefeated team in college basketball, Houston. Um, Houston's been playing amazing this year. Uh, I wonder if they can keep it up. I hope they can keep it up. I just want to see... Honestly, want to see a team go undefeated like uh, when Gonzaga almost went undefeated that one year um, for the whole entire season. But that is my top ten. And um, what are you guys' top tens? All right, so I'm going to start off with my number ten team. And my number ten team, I'm not going to lie, you said that, uh, you said that, you know, their win today, obviously they, you know, barely survived. But I'm going to say Memphis, you know, I'm going to say Memphis whenever, whenever they're on their best game, you know, I think that Memphis can beat anybody. I mean, you know, they blew out a decent Virginia team by 23 on the road. So I think this Memphis team, they have the talent. Uh, Obviously, it's just a question of discipline. I mean, you know, uh, Penny Hardaway has some, you know, experience in the past with uh, players being in drama and stuff like that. Um, especially with a young team like this. We'll see what happens with that. But give me Memphis at my uh, number 10 spot. And then at number 9, I'm going to have to go with Duke, the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, Like you said, I feel like Duke has played a tough schedule. Obviously, they got three losses, but they also got huge wins like the one against Baylor, Uh, you know, like earlier in the season when they beat Michigan State, who obviously hasn't had the greatest start to the season. But, Give me Duke at number nine. Number eight, I'm going to go with Oklahoma. I agree with you, uh, Reese. I think this Oklahoma team is legit. And I think uh, Taylor brought up a good point the other day when we were at beat-ups as well. It was when he saw that Oklahoma, I can't remember if it was that they weren't favored against Iowa State at home or there was just like it was like a close betting line. But, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I don't, I think a lot of people are doubting this Oklahoma team uh, just because the way they play. If you watch Oklahoma play at all this year, they are very, like, you know, they'll pound the rock inside. You know, they got uh, a big man. I can't remember what his name is. I'm looking at it right now. Um, their big man, uh, John Hughley. John Hughley, uh, they'll pound the rock inside with him, and then they'll also get it outside to Otega Owe and Javian McCollum. But, you know, they're they kind of remind me. Uh, minus the three-point shooting, they kind of remind me of that Auburn team that made a Final Four. That's why I'm so excited about them because they'll, you know, they'll really – actually, sorry, I'm going back on my word a lot, but last time they more – you know what they more of remind me of? They remind me of that Isaac Okoro Auburn team during COVID year that would just, you know, drive in the lane, you know, nine times out of ten and score. So give me – the Oklahoma Sooners at number eight. Number seven, I got to go with North Carolina. Um, the Tar Heels, you know, the very talented. Armando Baycott, R.J. Davis, you know, both been in college. 
uh, since Silly Bands are in style. But, you know, give me North Carolina at seven. Uh, they got a lot of talent, and they got a lot of experience this year, which I think they'll might come in handy come March. And then number six, I got UConn. Um, UConn's one of those teams that I'm kind of questioning, especially after that 15-point loss to Seton Hall, a team that's you know not currently ranked. But, I mean, this Huskies team, I mean, when you talk about talent, pure talent on a team, now I understand Donovan Kling in their center. He's been hurt recently. I don't know when he's expected to come back, but that's a huge piece. You know, they got talented uh, freshmen, you know, on the on the court as well. But give me UConn at six. I think they're a team that could go as far as to the final four or they could be bounced out in the first round. So give me UConn at six. At number five, I got Kentucky. Um going into that Florida game, you know, uh there were, I think you said you said this, Reese. Going into that Florida game, the betting odds were actually against Kentucky. Yeah, um, you know, for Florida, which you disagreed with. I actually kind of agreed with it. Not only is Florida, you know, they played decent this year and beaten decent teams, but you know, playing in their home stadium, their home stadium is a tough place to play at. You know, uh, I've seen Auburn go there countless of times, and, you know, they'd be a much better team, much higher-ranked team than the Gators, and they'd lose. So, Kentucky able to come out with a scrappy win, and that's something you don't see a lot, especially with these young freshman teams. I mean, I think, like, their top eight players are all freshmen. So, give me Kentucky at number five, high ceiling for this team. And then number four, give me the Tennessee Volunteers. I do think that – uh come later in the season this is a team that definitely could be higher i mean this is a very experienced tennessee team you know yeah. you talk about zakai ziegler uh santiago vescovi and then dalton connect who's you know the star that they got in the transfer portal from northern i think it was northern uh colorado i'm pretty sure northern colorado and uh dalton connect you know superstar but then you got those you know, experiences guys like Vescovy and Ziegler and Josiah Jordan James that have been there before. I think they got a perfect balance. And I think this Volunteers team could easily be number one if it weren't for, you know, these other teams that I'm about to list. Starting with number three, Kansas. Uh, this Kansas team, I mean, they got, you know, basically when you get the number one overall draft pick on lottery night, you know, in the NBA is what they got with Hunter Dickinson. I mean, this guy is just a dominating force kind of reminds me of uh, a little bit of he's very similar to Zach Eady. I don't think either Zach Eady or Hunter Dickinson will be huge in the NBA, uh, but I think they're just dominating forces in college just because of how experienced and how much bigger they are than everybody else on the floor. So give me Kansas at number three, number two, I got Purdue uh, speaking of Zach Eady, you know, this boiler Mac, this boiler makers team. Uh, I doubted them early on in the season. But recently, I mean, they've gone on a winning streak. They did almost lose to Illinois. They had a close scare against them. But with wins over teams like Arizona, Alabama, Illinois recently, uh, who I, you know, I would say they were my 11th team uh, right outside my top 10. But I think Purdue, this is a team that's, you know, really good. Once again, you know, a team that was very high-seeded last year. Uh, they disappointed, obviously, losing to Farley Dickinson. But I think this is a high-ceiling team as well and the number one obviously like you reese uh houston you know the only undefeated team right now lj crier uh jamal shed that entire team is just insanely experienced and really well coached um give me this cougars team to make a long run i'm calling it right now i there's no way 
in my mind right now watching this team play that there's no way that they don't get to at least the Sweet 16, if not more. Uh, but giving this Cougars team as one, and then Taylor, who do you got as your top 10 teams? Um, number 10, I got a team that's, you know, been on the rise ever since. They, uh, went, they actually went one and two in their first three games, lost to Tennessee and Providence, and then lost to Arizona before Arizona fell down. I got the Wisconsin Badgers at number 10. Ranked number 21 in the AP poll currently, but I expect that to just store up, led by A.J. Store and Stephen Crowell, their leading top two scorers. And I just think, you know, they're on the rise right now. They uh, recently beat Nebraska 88-72, to um, and their next game is at Ohio State, so they can keep proving their worth in conference play in that stacked Big Ten. Then number nine, I got Illinois, like um, Reese said. Um, you know, they recently lost at Purdue, but it was a really close game. And given how good, you know, we're all ranking Purdue, I mean, this just proved that Illinois is a really good team. If they had a little bit more talent, they could have easily beat Purdue. So give me Illinois at number nine. Number eight, I got Arizona. Caleb Love uh, got 23 points in their win against Utah. Their next game is at Wazoo. So watch out for that. Caleb Love, you know. Not the top weapon in Arizona, but one of the top ones. Uh, one of the biggest names in college basketball right now. Number seven, I got Memphis. Um, you know, we were talking about them. We're kind of scared about them. Great team, talent-wise. Uh, like Max said, the discipline is just not there for these smaller games. Only beat Tulsa by three points. And their next game against SMU could be another trap game. Uh, or, excuse me, they recently played SMU, barely beat them again, so... You know, kind of worried about them, but, you know, they'll get over it. Number six, I got UConn. Uh, I have them a little bit lower than y'all just because, you know, UConn cannot, has proved that they cannot beat the bigger the bigger teams, you know, the teams that are ranked higher than them. Um, but they looked good against Butler recently, and Alex Carabon had 20 points in that game. So watch out for him. And they play Xavier. And then... What number am I on? Five. Five. And then uh, number five, I got Kentucky. Uh, big win against Florida. That game, I mean, we were watching at B-dubs. It was super close. Florida was winning almost the entire game. Then Kentucky just came out of nowhere. Antonio Reeves had a great game at the guard with 19 points. But they do go up against Missouri Tuesday. Um, you know, SDC is so, I mean, anyone can lose to anyone. Anyone can beat anyone. It's just very, you know, random. Uh, what team shows up what day? So, Kentucky, number five. Number four, I, I'm going to have to go with Tennessee. Uh, recently blew out Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss was one of the most overrated teams in college basketball history. Just because they were undefeated, they didn't beat a single team that's in the top 50 in college basketball. So, But Tennessee, like you said, very veteran team. And their team is crazy because... I mean, all of them are not from the United States, it feels like. They're all from these random foreign countries that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> and then number three, I got Kansas. Hunter Dickinson had 30 points and 11 rebounds. He's just balling out right now for the Jayhawks. And they're, when they barely beat TCU, TCU's a really good team, though. So watch out for TCU coming up. But Kansas, I mean, they're going to mollywop UCF on Wednesday. Um, Kansas, very good team. Don't know any of their players except for Hunter Dickinson because I'm a casual. And then 
Number two, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Houston. Uh, you know, I know they're undefeated, but they just they haven't proved to me that they can beat really really good teams. And uh, LJ Cryer uh, balling out right now. The number one, I got Purdue. Trey Coffee and Ren had 23 points in their win over Illinois. Great, they beat a great Illinois team. And uh, you know Zach Eady taking the lead by storm right now, playing great, looking great, looking better than he did at the beginning of the season with their one loss. But yeah, that's my top ten. Purdue number one, and I think Purdue was my number one last time we did this. So yeah, they were. They're not like the Eagles choking. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, interesting, interesting top tens by all three of us. You know, obviously, uh, me and Reese agreeing on the Houston pick, but Taylor sticking sticking with his guns and going with Purdue at one again. But now we're going to quickly go to debate topic with Taylor Gottney, who, uh, you know, this is uh, very new. It's even newer than top ten, the segment we just did. Uh, obviously, last time we debated the playoffs. I'm excited to see. I don't even know. Like y'all viewers, me and Reese don't even know what this debate topic is. So, Taylor, go ahead and hit us with it. Now, this is where things get a little bit heated. This is Taylor's debate topic. So, you know, I was watching my Cowboys play earlier. Shout out to them de- demolishing the Commanders. Dak Prescott had a great game with four touchdowns. But I was looking at a graphic that they made, and it was about Coach of the Year. Very mm. close award. And they had five people on there. They had Kevin Stefanski, D'Amico Ryan, Dan Campbell, Kyle Shanahan, and the Colts coach, which they took the Colts coach out of the graphic later because Greg Olson's the one that, like, talked about it. But I want to see y'all's opinion on who should be coach of the year between Kevin Stefanski, D'Amico Ryan, and Dan Campbell. Um, I think I think this is a, a great topic to talk about because – Honestly, I haven't thought about it a lot recently. I mean, there's so many. I I do enjoy. It's it's really telling when there's a lot of you know different teams in the playoffs. Obviously, the one that jumps out at me is the Texans. You know, because considering last year they were one of the worst teams last couple of seasons actually, and now they're hosting a playoff game. You know, so I think D'Amico Ryan's definitely up there. Kevin Stefanski, Browns head coach, right? You yeah. Know? So. Yes. So, yeah, so I think the job he's done in season is phenomenal, you know, because coming in the season, they had, you know, Deshaun Watson, big paycheck, uh, you know, Nick Chubb, you know, their star running back, possibly one of the best running backs in the NFL right now. Um, and they both get hurt out for the season, you know. So a lot of Browns fans, including including myself as well, I thought the Browns season was over. I thought it was done. And then Joe Flacco comes off of his couch you know, and plays like he is, he's, you know, 23 and he's trying to get his first Super Bowl. So, I mean, the job he's done and been able to get his players playing week in and week out um, has been incredible. And they're now, I think, one of the scariest teams to play in the playoffs. You know, great defense, great offense. And then Dan Campbell, obviously, he's the one I think is the most popular right now because you see so many of his clips like his locker room speeches and, you know, his big muscles and all that. You know, Dan Campbell, one of the best motivators in the entire league. Uh, but I feel like <laughs> – I just saw your t- – but um, one of this, the best motivating coaches in the entire league. And this Detroit Lions team, 
12 wins is the most they've ever had in a season ever. The Detroit Lions have never had 12 se- 12 wins in the regular season. That was that's a franchise record and I mean to do that as a head coach in your second season, I mean that's incredible. So I personally the person I would take, these are all great candidates. If I had to rank them, are we ranking them or are we saying just who we think would just, win? Just say who y'all who y'all think should win. Okay. So who I think should win, I don't know. I gotta go I gotta go to Mika Ryans. I gotta go to Mika Ryans. When will this will this award be decided after the playoffs or you know, when will it be? Well, it, I Pro think it's Bowl decided weekend. after the playoffs, but they Pro just Bowl. base it off of regular season. Pro okay. Bowl weekend. It's Pro Bowl weekend. So I'm yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Demeco Ryan's just you know, where they were last year in terms of talent wise and I mean, yeah, three and thirteen, dead last, worst record in the entire NFL, actually. You know, worse than uh the Chicago Bears who finished three and fourteen last year, worse than the Arizona Cardinals who finished four and thirteen last year. They were three and thirteen. And one, obviously, they had a tie. Um, but you know, the tight, the Texans, the job that D'Amico has done. Uh, obviously, you know, draft picks were great. You know, outstanding. C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson Jr. have both balled out this year. But um, yeah, I got to go D'Amico Ryan's. Just the stuff that he's done on a team that nobody, I mean, nobody thought would be in the position they are right now. At the a lot of people, season. a lot of people predicted him to go like. Uh... I think it was two and third or two and like fifteen. I yeah, think it was exactly. Yeah, like I'm the Panthers. Because yeah, were... that's a, that's really great. We're gonna have a loser bowl. <laughs> Dang, that was a shot. But Let's um... go to the toilet bowl. <laughs> but uh, I'll, say, I'll finish bowl. it off with. I'll finish it off with this. I mean, people were obviously understandable to predict them going that because you're starting. You're either starting Davis Mills, who you know plays like he's a Walmart worker. Um, respectfully, and then <laughs> you got, or you're starting a rookie quarterback. Which I mean, how many co- rookie quarterbacks besides you know Cam Newton, Andrew Luck? You know, I saw a graphic they showed during the Colts game, and it was like how many single season passing yards. He's close to beating Andrew Luck for the most single season. Uh, the rookie, uh, passing yards, passing yards in your rookie season. Sorry, I. Jumbling my words, but CJ Stroud, um, CJ Stroud definitely is like. There's no doubt if he doesn't oh, win rookie, rookie the, the, if he doesn't win no rookie way. of the year, yeah. it's it's, it's got, over. Like, it's him or Puka Nakua, which I'll get I'll get to or yeah, him or Puka Nakua, 100. But last thing I'm gonna say is D'Amico Ryan's. I think he's my pick. Reese, who do you think? Um, honestly, I I would have to say it's Dan Campbell because you know the Lions, the Lions really have never. I, they've only made the playoffs I think once, and they lost in the first round. So honestly, Cowboys. what they lost to the Cowboys. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I think the Lions. If they, if the Lions make it far in the playoffs, I think that Dan Campbell will end up being uh, coach of the year. But honestly, I do wish it is D'Amico Ryan's, but I do think it would be Dan Campbell. I will say this. I will say this. You know, the thing that separates um, D'Amico from. Stefan or from Dan Campbell. I think what separates D'Amico and Kevin Stefanski uh, away from Dan Campbell is Dan Campbell hasn't gone through as many like injuries and you know major injuries. Obviously, injured quarterback is the big one. You know, uh, C.J. Stroud. You know, big games 
uh, you know, last couple of weeks, you know, the Titans game, you know, you're starting Case Keenum, who I think is 34 right now. Um, yep. You know, led Case the Vikings Keenum. to the led the Vikings to the division around. Hey, don't, they, hey, hey, no need, no need to bring that up. But um, no, <laughs> you know, six seven sideline. Oh my God, touchdown <laughs> Vikings. Okay, but you're starting Case Keenum. It's a Minneapolis miracle. All right. But, yeah, what separates Stefanski and uh, D'Amico from Dan Campbell, in my opinion, is injuries. And then what separates D'Amico from Kevin Stefanski is obviously what you started with at the beginning of the year or even just what he came in during the offseason, you know, what he started out with and what where he is at right now. So give me D'Amico Ryan's. Stefanski, I like I like what he's done, but like honestly, I just think that's because Joe Flacco for some reason had like steroids. Exactly. Pumped in he's us. like he's like decided to be the next coming of Christ, you know, yeah, coming off his couch. Yeah, it's he like, literally like that. That's that's a, something off of like a video game. Like you'd like get somebody in a Madden free agent thing, and yeah, just, like, that's gonna be a storyline in Madden Madden twenty four, Madden twenty five. Yeah, so they're gonna edit that into it. All I'm going to say is that we all disagree because my coach of the year is Kevin Stefanski with everything. <laughs> if you course. are a good coach, you can overcome obstacles, and that's exactly what he's done. Seemed like everything was going wrong. You know, their record wasn't the best, but now they finished the five seed. They have a chance to prove themselves at the Texans. I really think Which the Browns at the Texas Texans. game decides who the coach of the year is. Whoever wins that will win coach of the year, but... Give me Kevin Stefanski, great coach, great guy, has gone through a lot in Cleveland. You know, Cleveland, kind of like Detroit, poverty program, never really done anything ever good. Yeah, we remember I mean, the years they went like 0-15. The like only good thing that's come out of Cleveland is LeBron James, and everyone hates him. So give me Kevin Stefanski, winning coach of the year. But now we're going to move to everyone's least favorite segment, and we're going to see what our records are. We're going to move to Max's prize picks. What's mad? Not sponsored by the app Prize Picks. It's time for Max's Prize Picks. Welcome back to the Tigers Den podcast. Um, I don't know about least favorite segment. You know, I hope Taylor didn't mean that, but we're going to go and move into the Prize Picks uh, tonight. We got six games on the slate. Uh, currently, the Buffalo Bills and the Dolphins are in the fourth quarter as we're pick- as we're picking this. If that game ends by like you know the time we get into some of the later picks then we'll pick the wild card games that that makes but as of right now we're going to pick two college basketball games coming up an NBA game on Wednesday two NFL wild card games that are already set to happen and then uh the national championship so we'll go and get it started but let me introduce our special guest picker for this week um you know what can i say about him he used to play rec basketball um, you know, he's, he's a senior at Auburn high school. I'm trying to say sports experience. Rob used to be um, on the golf team. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. He used to years. be on the golf team, you know, next Tiger Woods, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's Grayson Stokes. Grayson, how Everybody. are you doing today? I've been doing good until this. So, <laughs> you know, well, yeah, sorry, sorry we had to ruin the party, but you know, no, all good, man. <laughs> um, did you play Fortnite today? I have not played Fortnite. No, I'm going right, to well. <laughs> Well, we're going to go and get started with our first matchup of the day, and it's going to be a basketball matchup, college basketball, that's going to be taking place on Wednesday, 
and it's going to be number 11, Oklahoma, at TCU. Oklahoma coming in this game, they'll be 13-1. and TCU will be 11-3. and It's set for an 8 p.m. tip on ESPN2. Um, there's no betting line for this game, but right now it says TCU actually has a 63.7% chance to upset the Sooners at home. Um, I'm interested by this matchup because Oklahoma, they've won so many games in a row. Obviously, their only loss is to North Carolina, who we already established earlier during top 10, is a very good team. Uh, but this TCU team, I mean, they've been kind of under the radar. I'm looking at their schedule right now. I mean, they got losses to Clemson, Nevada, and their most recent loss, obviously, to Kansas by two points. Um, I'm going to go – you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with the Horned Frogs to upset them at home. I mean, ESPN, Wait, Max, you didn't yeah, introduce our records, bro. Oh, shoot. Thanks for Oops. reminding me. Uh, whoopsie. Oopsies. Um, but we'll go ahead and get started with our standings. Sorry about that, guys. But um, special guest picker standings. We've had two special guest pickers on the show. And um, our first one, Aiden Treadwell, he went two and four uh, overall. And then Connor, Connor Davis, our second special guest picker. I thought he beat that, but he actually didn't. He went one, four, and one. And, uh, Wait, what? <laughs> one, so, four, so, and one. So, so, so let me I think explain. One, four, and one. Let me explain it to y'all. We picked a Premier League game, right? Oh, <laughs> and it finished with a tie. <laughs> so Bro, that's why we never count it as soccer. a loss. That's why we're never picking soccer ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soccer, soccer's banned from uh, the show. So, but yeah, Connor is our. Yeah, he finished at one, four, and one. Now to our standings, Taylor. He's back on top. He went four one and one uh, that week, so now he's fifty six forty five and one all time. And then me and Reese are actually tied right now for that second place spot. Um, I went one four and one that week. Had a terrible week, you know. I won't do that ever again, uh, possibly. And then Reese went two three and one. So now we are both tied at fifty five forty six and one coming into this game. Uh, we'll see if our special guest. Picker Grayson can, you know, obviously beat Connor and Aiden. Uh, in my in my opinion, shouldn't be tough, but we'll see what <laughs> happens. But um, I'm going to go with TCU. Um, I think that, you know, home court advantage, uh, they'll be going crazy in there. You know, the hypno-toad, I know they do that for football. Don't know if they do it for basketball. But, I mean, you look at this team. I know one of their big transfers is uh, Eddie Lankin. He, he came over from uh, – or actually, no, that's the guy who used to play for him. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, they got some good players like Emmanuel Miller averaging 16.3 a game. And so give me the Horn Frogs winning at home. And I didn't mention this, Taylor, but we also predict scores. You can just throw a score out there. It won't have any impact on your record. Uh, give me TCU to win this game at home, 81 to 77. Now, Grayson, who do you think is going to win between the Sooners and the Horn Frogs? Since you picked them, I'm going to go with the Sooners. They're actually ranked, you know. Yeah, and they're simply the better the better team. Um, mm. They have one of my favorite players on their team, um, Reed Lovelace. He's a guard. Mm. So, I, I predict the score is going to be seventy-seven to sixty-six. Soon oh, shoot. Bro, Reed Lovelace graduate. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! I'm looking at an outdated roster then. Oh shoot! But, well, wait, 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 wait. Oh. Reese Lovelace. Reed Reed. Lovelace. Reed no, Lovelace. no, he didn't. He he has not graduated. Bro, he doesn't got even, Wait, up. does he play? <laughs> I think he's on the bench. 
All right, well, Bro plays uh, 1.8 minutes per game. <laughs> hey, is he, he's a role player, I guess. Yeah. Right. He's great on the bench, player. great for morale. But shoots 50% from high. free throw. But <laughs> he is a wall-card. <laughs> well, uh, good, good, good pick, uh, Grayson. Hey, he averages 0.2 points in 2023-2024. <laughs> I mean, for 1.8 See, that's minutes, what we're that's talking about. not terrible. But... He's a great-looking guy. Beautiful looking guy. Bro, he's 5'11, 135. <laughs> he's built just like me. I mean, he's he shows that Wait, even a small 135? Yes, there's no way. I weigh more than him and I'm taller than him. Grayson, but... how did you find out that? <laughs> he's just one of my guys, dude. Bro, he averages 0. 0.2 points, 0. 0.2 rebounds, and 0. 0.2. Bro, averages one minute game. a game. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been well, there for him for all those points and minutes that he's Taylor, had. Taylor, his most minutes are three minutes versus Mississippi Valley State. See, he lasts longer than I do, so good stuff to him. Um, <laughs> well, good pick, Grayson. Uh, I don't you. know about the reasoning, but uh, Reese, what's your pick? Uh, I'm going to go with Oklahoma. Uh, I think I think Oklahoma, you know, they've been playing pretty good this season, so I got Oklahoma winning this one 75 to 55 at wow. TCU. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree that. with Reese and Grayson. Okay, okay because yeah, this, right. You don't have Reed Lovelace. Okay, this <laughs> this TCU team loves to drive into the lane. They love to get physical. They love to get in the paint. And the last time Oklahoma went against a team like that was against UNC, and they got blown out by 12. Armando Baycott killed Oklahoma in the paint. Oklahoma just doesn't have that big body in the center position, just like the TCU Horn Frogs do. They actually don't have a single center on their roster. So, uh, watch out for this TCU team. Like Max said, led by Emmanuel Miller, the star forward for the Horn Frogs. Give me the Horn Frogs winning 74 to 65. I just got to go with TCU. I mean, first time in forever, me and uh, Taylor agreed on something. So, it must be right. But now we're going to move on to our next pick another college basketball game on the same night. Wednesday should be a huge night for all y'all college basketball fans. Uh, and this one's actually a rivalry, and it's going to be North Carolina at NC State. North Carolina coming to this game ranked 8th. They are 11-3 and on the year. NC State also ranked 11-3 and on the year. Their last loss is actually to Tennessee. Oh. Uh, they're, on, they're on a four-game win streak. Um, it's at NC State. No noise? betting odds for this game. Um, yeah, I don't know what that was. Sounded like a, you know, moan mixed with a snore. But, uh, you know, North Carolina coming to this game, 63.6% chance to win, according to ESPN Analytics. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the ranked team on this one. I'm going to go with North Carolina. I mean, watching them at B-dubs, you know, uh, against Clemson on the road, they just proved to me that not only are they very talented, they're always very talented, but they're also very experienced this year. And I talked about this earlier in Top 10. I mean, you know, they're not usually this experienced. You know, them, Kentucky, Kansas, they usually get great recruiting classes, great freshmen that are usually one and dones. But Armando Baycott and R.J. Davis deciding to stay. They'll have a huge night. And give me the Tar Heels beating NC State. I'm going to say this is a super high-scoring game. I'm going to say 86-82 to 82, North Carolina wins on the road. Wow. Grayson, who do you got? Um, see, I'm going to go with the Wolfpack okay. as the um, Tar Heels. What does that even mean? So, I'm okay. also not a big North Carolina fan. I don't have much 
reasoning for my choice. Bro, who's who's Got- who's their demon on the court? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's Creighton Lebo. Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> who's not a, I'll tell you, who's not a demon on the court. Zayden High. Oh God, on Tar Heels. Mm. Um, <laughs> let's see the Wolfpack. Let's see the Wolfpack's roster. Uh, there's some dude from France on there, so he's good. Yeah, he's like, let's be yeah. like Victor Wembanyama. So. There's one dude from Bastion. They have Napoleon Man. on their team. <laughs> Uh well, well, what, well Muhammad Daira y'all can't y'all can't beat Muhammad <laughs> I think it's impossible to do that actually so well, wait what uh, what is that what, what, what do you be averaging millions of people the averages defending millions of people billions of people the averages are picking against them six tens bro step on you Max <laughs> guys. From France, <laughs> just five points. Just look at his face, bro. No, no shame to Mohammed, but nah, that man is not a hooper. <laughs> Bro's not locked in. Uh, but anyways, onwards. Uh, once again, another great pick by uh, Mr. Grayson Stokes. Let me throw the score out there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm picking the Wolf Pack. Um, I'm actually thinking this will be a lower scoring game. So I'm picking. The Wolfpack will win seventy to sixty-eight. Okay, good pick. Good pick. Uh, Reese, who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Wolfpack because uh, I don't like North Carolina. Never have, mm. never will. Um, and I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Wolfpack. I'm gonna say ninety to eighty-three. Mm. High scoring game. Yeah. I'm gonna have to disagree with Grayson and Reese again and agree. He's with Mr. Frenchy. Because NC State, when they play good teams, they don't perform well, and they don't perform well at home either. They actually perform better on the road. Yeah, but so with North Carolina's going to go in there with Frenchie out there. Up they're when win. I'm talking, Reese, hey, <laughs> <laughs> well, you must not like French people. R.J. Davis, is gonna <laughs> he doesn't absolutely ball out. He's going to put up 35. Give me the Tar Heels winning 90 to 65. You're offending Muhammad right here. <laughs> <laughs> good, good pick, Grayson. Uh, yeah, Muhammad. Or not easy. Grayson Taylor. Uh, <laughs> oh. Now we're gonna move to the NBA, uh, and Eight. this is a game that uh, Taylor actually brought up to me when we were watching all those games at beatups. He said, "Pelicans Warriors, who you got?" And oh, I'm honestly, let's go ahead and pick it right now. Pelicans are playing at the Warriors also on Wednesday. Wednesday yeah. night is stacked with games. Uh, this game is on ABC at 7:30. PM Central Time. Pelicans are coming in this game, twenty-two and fifteen. Just got a big win against the Kings today. Uh, the Warriors are coming in this game, seventeen and nineteen. You know, Draymond Green is back though for the Warriors. Might uh, somebody. So I've heard. So, um, but you know, coming in this game, the uh, betting line. There's no betting line on this game either. Uh, but right now, it has match predictor. It has Pelicans with a 50.1% chance to win this game. So, pretty even game. Is um, Zion hurt? Uh, Zion is out for the game. So is Jose Alvarado. So um, He probably ate the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's also... Bro, got, bro went over the weight limit on his contract. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's actually... Uh, he's actually got a white weight limit clause on his contract. That's so sad. But, they might uh, need Dyson Daniels to save him, bro. Dyson Daniels averages uh 
5.9 points per game, so, you know. Yeah, Dyson's hmm. a dog. But, um, you know, y'all know I'm a Pelicans fan, and this is no bias, but I'm going to go with the Pelicans winning this game on the road. Uh, give me the Pelicans. Chris Paul right now is listed as oh. out as well for the Warriors. Key role player for them. Uh, so, give me the Pelicans. Brandon Ingram's going to have a great game. CJ McCollum. Give me what the Pelicans running on the road. I'm going to say super high scoring as well for this one. I'm going to say 121 to 113. Pelicans win on the road. Max, Good what about choice. Matt Ryan? What? What about Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan? Hey, man, he's good on the Pelicans and on the Falcons. That's what I'll say. But, uh, <laughs> Grayson, who you got winning this game? So I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm going yes, with the Pelicans. I think they're going all, all out this game. Um, you know, I know they're c- coming into this very hungry as Zion probably <laughs> ate all of their pregame meal. So they're going to be real hungry for this win. <laughs> And um, you know, I'm predicting Pelicans win, and I'm also predicting that third, late in the third quarter, Draymond Green gets a technical and thrown up the game <laughs> for actually snapping Brandon Ingram's left leg in half while in the post. Zion, my score prediction for this is going to be Pelicans by 10, 120, 110. Good pick, good pick. Uh, Reese, who, who you got win this game? All right, I'm going to go with the Pelicans here, even though I do like the Warriors. I'm going to go with the Pelicans because I think Zion will eat Steph Curry. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Bro's just trying to get some food, bro. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he could. Uh, Steph Curry's Hall of Fame career is over uh, after that one. But I think the War- or I think the Pelicans win this one. I'm going to say 121 to 90. No, I also don't throw in with all three of y'all because uh, Zion's not playing their second leading scorer. I just don't believe in the Pelicans without Zion. And the Warriors beat the Pelicans at the Pelicans 130 to 102 in October. So we've seen the head to head. We've seen that the Warriors are a better team than the Pelicans. Draymond Green coming back is going to be a huge piece for this game. The Warriors are kind of in a skid right now, kind of on a losing streak, but they'll get it done today or Wednesday against the Pelicans because Steph Curry will put up about 40. So give me the Warriors winning 130 to 125. No, the Warriors are coming into this demoralized after their loss to the Nuggets. And then so they will also get they're also not get ready eaten this. when they come off the team bus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's going to be good Absolutely on Wednesday cook. at 6.30 p.m. Central Time, like I said. And now we're going to move into what everybody's excited about, NFL Wild Card. I mean, as we're recording this, you know, when y'all are listening to this, the entire slate has already been announced. But as we're recording this, Bills and Miami is still going on right now, although it's looking like the Bills are going to come away with it. Uh, but there's only two games that we're able to pick right now because we know the times. And we're going to start off with the Browns at the Texans. Uh, this game is actually on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Uh, on NBC, the Browns come into this game as the five seed, eleven and six. The Texans come into this game as the four seed at ten and seven. Um, you know, co- the betting odds right now open up at Cleveland minus two, uh, and they don't have any uh, percentage odds for this game. I'm assuming they'd be on Cleveland side since that's where Vegas stands right now. Um, Looking at the injury list for this game, there's not a lot for either team, so we should get the best out of both of these teams. And there's just something about Joe Flacco that I just trust. I got to admit, I mean, like a guy coming off of his couch, you know, he has a wife and kids at home. He's got to pay the mortgage and all that stuff, pay the rent. And, you know, he's coming into this Browns team that, like we said earlier, lost Nick Chubb, lost Deshaun Watson, the master massager. 
and uh, you know, oh, he has God. absolutely balled out. You know, I mean, he's not playing soft; he's playing hard, and he's coming. He's going to come out here on the road <laughs> against Houston. And the Max, what was that? The Max <laughs> massager. Playing yeah, soft, I mean, not playing yeah. hard. What? <laughs> well, uh, give me, give me the Browns send and Joe Flacco sending the Texans back home to their couch, and give me the Browns winning this one. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, there's a lot of fireworks in this one as well. Both these offenses love to score. Both these defenses, Browns have a way better defense. Uh, give me this one, actually, big, thirty-one to twenty. The Browns win on the road. Grayson, who you got? I'm going to pass it to um, Reese as I'm still trying to figure it out. Oh, got you, got you. All right, I'm going to go I'm going to go with the Texans honestly because the last time the Browns and Texans played, Case Keaton was quarterback and we know that guy, only thing he's done right is beat the Saints, but you know, uh okay, I think maybe. I think the Texans the Texans win, CJ Stroud pops off and they'll advance to the divisional round. Um I can go ahead. I'm going okay. to go with the Browns. As yes, they are um, out of Ohio, oh, God. and I think that's kind of an unfair advantage going towards them. <laughs> <laughs> and the Texans, you know, they're ten and uh, seven, while the Browns are um, eleven to six. So I got, I got the Browns. Got you. Only the facts. Oh, no definitive score. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, well good I'm, I'm going to say this: the Browns cannot play away. They're three and five away. But the Texans have that home field advantage. It's going to be packed. First playoff game in Houston in a while since Deshaun Watson was on the team. Joe Flacco has been amazing, but I think the magic stops here. And C.J. Stroud continues why he's Offensive Rookie of the Year. And without Tank Dell, Nico Collins is going to have a huge game. Give me the Texans taking care of Miles Garrett and winning this game by a game-winning field goal. All right, well, seventeen to fourteen. Now we're going to move on to the game on Sunday, and it's between the Packers and the Cowboys. The Packers coming into this game as the seven seed, Cowboys the two seed. Packers are nine and eight this season. Cowboys finish the season at twelve and five. Uh, the betting odds open for this game at Dallas minus seven and a half, over yes. under a forty nine and a half. Um, they don't have you know a percentage like chance to win on ESPN yet. I'm assuming it would sway to the Cowboys' way. Uh, some interesting injuries to look at. Christian Watson, he was out today. It'll be interesting to see if he's able to come back next week because that would be a huge loss. Also, Romeo Dobbs also got injured. If both of those guys are out, I mean, I don't know who Jordan Love will have to throw it to. Um, and then for the Cowboys, uh, Zach Martin right now is listed as questionable. Tyler Smith as well. Um, you know, and Stephon Gilmore. So, you know, a lot of... A lot of potential, you know, changes throughout the week in terms of injuries. But, you know, I, I know this is going to upset Taylor, you know. Bro, Max, and, there's no uh, way you're picking. Bro. Oh, my. It, I, Max, but, another losing Max, record for you, the third week in a row. You know, oh, you know what I said for the you – know you know what I said for the Browns? I have a certain amount of trust in Joe Flacco for their team. Max, you, know you I don't, got to be kidding me. You know who I don't trust? is Dak Prescott in the playoffs. Mr. First-round exit, bounced out in the first round, sent home, is going to flop in this game. I know he's had such a great season. You know, I'm happy for him. He's played great. But give me the Packers and give me some love. Jordan, love. He's going to come into this game. He's going to ball out. 
Uh, he's going to have, you know, 300 passing yards, three touchdowns. And give me the Packers winning this one. Um, I'm going to say 20, 27 to 24 on the road and beating the Cowboys. And once again, another first-round exit for them boys. Grayson, who you got? Yep. I got the Cowboys easily. Mm-hmm. It's at the Cowboys, and currently they're 8-0. The Cowboys are 8-0 at home. They're on a two-game winning streak. They've got Dak Prescott, Daddy. And <laughs> I simply cannot see the Packers winning at the Cowboys. Um, You know, Cowboys. the Cowboys have had a great season this year. The score, I've got to go... Cowboys, 41, Packers, 10. Jeez. Dang. Okay. Uh, Reese, who you got? Uh, Obviously the Cowboys because uh, Dak Prescott's not selling this one. So Jordan Love's Love's all right, but, like, the the Cowboys are way better. Like, CeeDee Lamb, I'm predicting CeeDee Lamb gets, like, seven catches for almost 200 yards, and the Cowboys win. I'm going to say 51 to 17. All I'm going to say is that Max picked the Packers to make me mad. The <laughs> Cowboys at home beat the Jets by 20, beat the Patriots by 35, beat the Rams by 23, beat the Eagles by 20, beat the Commanders, beat the Giants by a bunch, and beat the Lions. I mean, the Cowboys at home are just a different team. That's why it was such a big deal for them to get that home field advantage. And like Reese said, CeeDee Lamb is the best receiver in the NFL right now. He's going to have a huge game, probably about 14 catches, and the Cowboys are going to easily move on and demolish the Packers. I'm going to go with Grayson's score, 41-10. to 10. Go, Cowboys. There we go. All right, well, we'll see what happens next week in that game, and now we're going to move into the game I previewed earlier, the game that y'all are all excited for, we are all excited for here at the Tigers' Den, uh, Washington versus Michigan, the national championship. You know, it all comes down to this. Washington coming in as the number two team. Michigan coming in as the number one team. Both teams 14-0 and 0, uh, coming in this game, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN. Um, the line coming in this game, I mentioned it earlier, Michigan minus 5.5, over under 56.5. Um, right now, Michigan also 74.3% chance to win this game, according to ESPN Analytics. Um but, you know, I talked about it earlier, and I've already – Taylor I'm Taylor already knows who I'm going to pick because I've talked about it with him. Uh, I'm not sure how Michigan is going to – to make me mad again. He's going to pick Washington. I don't know how – I don't know how Michigan is going <laughs> to consistently stop Washington's offense unless they have a man on the other side of the sideline, which is completely possible. You know, I don't know how they're going to stop Washington's <clears> offense. I trust Michigan's defense, and I trust Washington's offense. The tough part is they got to go up against each other, and I trust Michael Penix Jr., the guy who's been in, uh, you know, the guy who's been in college since the Blues were, you know, the top type of music. Um, so give me Washington, the Huskies. Every time everybody doubts them, they come through, um, and give me the Huskies to win this game. I'm going to say it's another close call for them, you know, in the fashion it's always been. But I think it's a super high-scoring game. And I think it's 34 to 28 is the final score. Give me the Huskies to beat Michigan. Oh, 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 oh. Grayson, who you got? I got Michigan. Bro, bro is acoustic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit of a restarted take, but I am taking Michigan in this game. 
We just watched them beat Alabama, which I don't think Washington could have done. Uh, Michigan's, they do have the sign stealing, which, you know, puts them ahead in this game. It elevates them to another level. Because if you're not cheating, then you're not trying. <laughs> That's the main thing I'm worried about, I'll, I'll admit. Yep. And plus, Michigan, we saw how good their defensive line is, how they shut down Alabama, made Alabama look like fools, you know. So I'm taking Michigan. I'm thinking... I'm thinking 32-24. All right. Reese, who you got? Um, You know, Michigan didn't make it this far just to lose. Um, Michigan's going to win, uh, and I think they're going to win by a game-winning field goal, 38-35. Now, Frick, Washington. Washington is, has escaped in every single game against teams weaker than them. They're going up against the big dog and the Michigan Wolverines. Watch out for Roman Wilson and J.J. McCarthy, that connection, like Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. It's going to be dynamic. They're going to have a huge game. And Michael Penix is going to throw about two interceptions against this stacked Michigan secondary. He's done it all year. He's going to do it again. Michael Penix Jr. is going to choke with those interceptions. And Michigan is going to win by a touchdown in overtime by Blake Corum, the running back. 38-31. to 31. Well... That's going to do it for prize picks. Hopefully all these games are great games, entertaining to watch, especially the national championship. Uh, like Taylor said, he said an overtime win. I hope it goes to overtime. Um, but that's going to do it for today's Tigers Den podcast. Big thank you to Grayson for coming on he onto the show and thank being you. our special guest picker. Um, thank you so much. And then, uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for the Tigers Den. We hope you all enjoyed. Uh, be sure to tune in to the Play Colors podcast. That'll be releasing tomorrow. We got a very special guest who came off a big win uh, this past Friday. And then uh, be sure to tune in to all of other AHS Mass Media stuff. Obviously, we got Opelika. You know, you thought that Central Basketball broadcast was good. We got Opelika coming up this week. Be sure to tune into that. But with that being said, uh, thank you all for listening and see you all. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Tiger Stand Podcast. New episodes dropping every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Central. Also be sure to check out our other podcast, Play Callers, where we interview a coach from Auburn High School football. Be sure to check out those episodes dropping every Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. Central on all platforms.